What is going on, guys? It's your boys back with the JC and the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Lee. Some people call me the truth with my co-host, Chris. Today, we'll be discussing some NBA and NHL recaps and potential MVPs at the half point at the half points of both seasons. So, Chris, I mean, I know that we are at the all-star break for the NBA right now, but what, what has been going on? Give me, give me your recap so far. Yeah, it's definitely been an interesting season. Like we've seen with all sports has been impacted by COVID. Um, you know, I, I think if we're talking about the Eastern Conference, the three teams at the top are not that surprising. We have the 76ers who have been, you know, sparked by Joel Embiid's career year. I mean, we'll, we'll get into him a little bit later when we talk about MVP candidates, but the guy's been playing at a ridiculous level. And you go with the Nets. I mean, when you have James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, even though KD hasn't played in, I think, about two, three weeks now, you're not going to be losing team when you have those three guys. And the Bucks, when you have Giannis, and Giannis now has a decent supporting cast led by Chris Middleton, they're going to be a great team too. But you know what? The East has been a little bit of a shock behind, um, with those three, uh, behind those three teams. Excuse me. The Celtics, you know, they have a few good all-stars with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But besides those two, they have really struggled to find some kind of third score or really some kind of identity behind them. And then, you know, we have the New York Knicks at the, at the five seed. I mean, that's probably been one of the biggest surprises. I know you want to talk about them in a little bit. That's probably been the biggest shock of the season so far, how well they've been playing under coach Tom Thibodeau. I mean, he's really gotten the best out of his players, and they've done well. And they have, they have a really good culture there from uh, coming from a Nets fan. And then behind them, we have the uh, Heat, the Hornets, and Raptors. The Heat were in the championship last year, and, you know, they're, they're kind of struggling to find an identity behind uh, Bam Adeo. Tyler Hero and uh, Jimmy Butler as well, but they're 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 doing well. I, you know, I think they're going to finish season maybe four, maybe a five seed, but you know they're hanging along right now. And uh, to me, I think Hornets and Raptors are kind of a shock. Raptors have been uh, at the top of the NBA rankings in the last few years, and they're kind of falling behind. And the Hornets, the Hornets are, I think the Hornets are a real feel, feel good story, um, led by some really talented young players as well. So I know we're going to touch upon them a little bit as well. And then you go to the West. I mean, two teams that we've talked about. Uh, when we did the NBA a few weeks ago, the Jazz and the Suns at the top of that conference. I mean, it's, it's truly amazing what these two teams are doing. And then we have the two LA teams following in the Lakers and Clippers. The Lakers have kind of fell off recently because of the injury to Anthony Davis, probably the top six, top five player in basketball. So that's going to impact them. The Clippers are the Clippers. They have two, two superstars with an amazing supporting cast. They're going to finish top four in the West by the end of the season. And then we have Trailblazers, Nuggets, Spurs, and Mavericks. Uh, I think when you look at the Trailblazers, Trailblazers and Nuggets, they're led by the two superstars, Dame Lord, who's probably, in my opinion, the most underrated superstar in the league, and the Nuggets led by Jokic, who's having an outstanding season as well. And the Spurs of the Spurs, when you're led by a Coach Popovich, you're going to be competitive no matter what year it is. And finally, the Mavericks. The Mavericks have missed uh, Porzingis for you know a good chunk of the season. They're looking to get on their feet again with him back, and I would be surprised to see them make some kind of move with the deadline. So with that all being said, is, is there any team that you've been surprised with or disappointed with at this half point of the season? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know me, uh, this year is kind of like my first year trying to really get into the NBA and, you know, follow teams. And, you know, obviously COVID has made that kind of hard with certain games getting canceled and, and left and right. But, I mean, overall, like like you said earlier, I mean, the Knicks, I mean, that's the team that when it comes to surprise, they just hit you over the head, like out of nowhere. Now, granted, this is a team that's one game above 500, right? Like, it's not like they're, you know, they're, they're fighting for the top seed. But the fact that the Knicks, like you look at that starting five, and that's nothing against any of the players there. You know, guys like R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, like, you know, they've kind of, you know, 
their younger players playing out there. And I mean, Randall has had some season out there, but overall, I think, I think it has just been like, it's just been such a surprise to see um, how well they are coached, how well that's, you know, that's uh, that team has been playing for, you know, just looking at that roster, you don't exactly think playoffs, right? You know, obviously quickly has been incredible off the bench. I know they went out and they got Derek Rose, all these, you know, all, all the ways that the Knicks have come together, they have surprised me. Right. And once again, one game above 500, but I think I saw the last time that that was like, they were above 500 at the all-star break it was like 2012 yeah. when, they were, when they were like the two seed going into the playoffs or something like that. I mean, I don't know. I remember Carmelo was on that team. That's all. That's all I could tell you. <laughs> but overall, I mean, just, just you know, great coaching for the Knicks. They have surprised me. Obviously, I I am excited to see um you know Julius Randle play as well as he has. And yeah, that that's been like the positive surprise for me. Obviously, I, I really like you know I, I gotta say one of the negative surprises for me has been uh, the Mavs. Now, once again, I don't entirely follow the Mavs as much but you know with a star like Luka Doncic I don't understand how like I get the missing of Porzingis and hopefully now that they got him back they'll be better but you know it's kind of sad to see them as low as they are with such a star like Luka but you know obviously they got time like you know hopefully make a move to make their team even better but you know I'd like to see them be fighting for a a higher spot in the you know in the playoff fight so you know hopefully hopefully the Mavs can find their way because I'm a huge Luka fan and I think, you know, going going at that point, too, I think it's because they're in the Western Conference, as you were yep. just saying, you know, alluding to how weak the Eastern Conference is. I think if the Mavs were in the Eastern Conference, they'd probably be a five-seater and maybe a four-seed. But like you said, I, I think with a star like Luka Doncic, I think it's only a matter of time before they start picking it up and putting the right pieces together and getting the season back on track to where they want it to be. Yep, I really think that. And now, like, like I want to look at uh, something that, you know, I was, I've been wanting to talk about for a while. So let's take a look at some of the rookies in the NBA. Right. And obviously I'll start us off with my personal favorite, the guy whose Jersey I'm dying to get, but since I have such a Jersey curse, I can't do that to myself. And I can't do that to this poor kid. LaMelo ball. I mean, can we really talk about this kid? 15 points per game, six rebounds, six assists. This kid started off, you know, coming off the bench. Like he has just been absurd and it still puzzles me that he was not the number one pick. Now, granted, I'm sure there was some sort of debate between who it should have been. But to me, from what I heard, I always felt like it was LaMelo Ball. And you know what? He's living up to that hype. He is in a league of his own. As you, I remember you were telling me, he's just been absurd out there. Like it is unfair. But you know what? And he has contributed to the spark that the Hornets have. You know, they once again, yeah. they were not that big of a team going into the season. Obviously they had LaMelo ball. I know they had Gordon Hayward, but I don't think anybody was expecting them to reach the heights that they have and continuously pushing um, in that fight. So honestly, yeah, LaMelo ball has been the biggest surprise for me. What about, what, uh, what have you got going for the rookies? Yeah. And just to add on to your point, I, I think LaMelo ball has been everything that we hope that Lonzo ball would be coming into the league. Not to discount Lonzo. I think he's gotten a lot better over the last few years, but I think LaMelo ball has, has been truly outstanding in the first, you know, half of the season. So it is exciting to see um, his potential and his play so far. So I'm happy to see that. But for me, I think I'm going to go to a franchise that is cursed more than the Chicago Cubs' world series drought. And that that's the Sacramento Kings. I think, they finally got something right, picking Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, they got him as a steal in draft. I think they got a 12th overall, in my opinion. I think that's a steal. Uh, I remember I was high on the kid. He has outstanding out vision coming out of college. Um, he has just a smart IQ. He's all around good player. He's a 5'2 player in the NBA. He's not, 
know, he's not a high volume scorer, but he does all the right things that you want a player to do. Um, like I said before, he has great vision. He's averaging about uh, five assists a game. He's averaging about 13 points a game. That's just because the volume's up there. I mean, you have De'Aaron Fox, and he's probably your primary scorer on the Kings. So I think if he was given more shots, obviously those points would be a little bit higher. But he's been outstanding. I, I'm a huge fan of his, and I'm, I'm looking forward to see him uh, grow in, in that second half of the season. I mean, yeah, I, I just, you know, it, it's been um... – it's been amazing to see these rookies just, you know, spark up like they have been. And and now I just want to transition to a topic that you wanted to touch up on, who has been our most improved players. Now, I'm going to take a step back and go back to the Knicks, because for me, most improved player, Julius Randle. I think he has slowly morphed into what the Knicks wanted. And obviously, I, I'm not uh, I'm not 100% sure because I haven't watched all the games, but I think he he's at around like 23 points and, you know, I think 11 rebounds. I'm not sure how many assists, around five or six, I think. But overall, he has just been, you know, he has just been the, this feel-good story for the Knicks, right. you know? He, he just feels like, you know, he's a guy you want to root for, right? Whether you, you're a, uh, a Knicks fan, a Nets fan, a fan of the Bulls, you look at Julius Randle and you're like, yeah, you know what? I want that guy to do well. I, you know, he goes to a team like the Knicks with such a, a culture of wanting to win but just can't do it, and he has just been performing insanely well yeah. so watching him you're like yeah you know what i want him to do well i'm i'm rooting for him like me i'm a magic fan and i'm i, I love seeing the knicks succeed more for the fact that i want our friends to be happy and not angry like we <laughs> like they end up most of the time but you know this year that the knicks have just been incredible so i honestly yeah for me julius randall has has sparked um has sparked that knicks team as much as he can and he for me has been one of the most improved players yeah, it's it's awesome to follow his story. I mean, I when we were talking about Julius Randle before we got on air today, we were talking about um, him having a you know a D'Angelo Russell like transformation um, when he was with the Nets. I mean, D'Angelo Russell came over came over from the Lakers. We knew how talented he was, but all it took was for a team to believe in him and take. You know, we all knew how talented Julius Randle was and is today, and it's awesome to see for the Knicks that it's paying off. So uh, it is super exciting. I love seeing our Knicks friends happy. They, uh, you know, they, they always throw a jab in there that's always uh, Knicks City and they're always better than the Nets. But um, at the end of the day, you kind of want to see both New York franchises succeed. We haven't really had much sports success in New York recently. So whatever, whatever small victory we can get, I, I'll take that as well. So it is exciting to see. But for me, I think I got to go with, with Jeremiah Grant. I mean, it's a really awesome, feel-good story to see how well he was doing. We saw him in years past with, with OKC, Philly, or even Denver, where he got playing time, but he was not the featured guy on those teams. And even at Denver, he was playing at a high level last year, but he wasn't the featured guy with guys like Jamal Murray and Jokic. You're never going to be the featured guy with those two guys there. But he's really gotten a chance with Detroit this year. He's their go-to guy. He's their top scorer by far. I mean, that Detroit team is, is hideous, to, to be kind. And, you know, they really have – no good talent on the team. They, um, you know, they took a chance with a few rookies, Sadiq Bay, my Villanova guys, been playing okay, and their other rookie, uh, Killian Hayes, has gotten hurt too. So not not a lot is going right for that team, but he is going right for that team. And I think he's, he's averaging over a little uh, twenty a game with five rebounds and I think around three assists as well. Um, he's become their go-to guy. So I think it shows you the importance, like you were just saying, Lee, the importance of not giving up on talent. Yep. Just that. like guys like Jeremiah Grant and Julius Randle. You can't give them talent like that. Once you see these guys have this potential, you got to try and harness it and, you know, find ways to play their strengths. So those two guys, it's been awesome to see. And 
hope they continue to have some really good success. I feel the same way, man. You know, obviously the Detroit has not, has not been a city of winners in a very long time. Uh, you know, back, I think the last time I can imagine them really making noise was when the Tigers and the Red Wings were really that, you know, they were up there for those teams, but you know, right. that's, you know, it's kind of good to see somebody like him, uh, somebody with that kind of talent finally succeeding the way you want them to. So uh, now I want to transition to our final uh, NBA point, which is MVP candidates, right? We're at the halfway point. You, you, kind of, you got a general idea of who's going to be in the conversation. Obviously, second halves can spark people. But let's just – I want to start off with an honorable mention each, right? So I'll give my first honorable mention, and he is another New Yorker, obviously, in James Harden. So James Harden for me, right? Now, obviously, you look at James Harden, you say, yeah, you know, this guy is immensely talented. He's, but he's playing with KD and Kyrie, right? Like, how could you, you know, look at him and say, oh, he's being blessed. You know, he has the two, two of the best players in the court. Well, let, let's just think about this. KD has had a really tough time with staying on the court, right? With COVID protocols, everything that, that was happening. He, he hasn't really been on the court. But James Harden, when he's on that court, right? And I'm, this is nothing against Kyrie. Kyrie's been playing phenomenal too. James Harden has been playing phenomenal. He's got 25 points. He's dishing out 11 assists, eight rebounds. And, you know, obviously playing with Kyrie and KD when he's on the court, you got to know that the, he's not going to get the ball as much as he would if he was right. with the Rockets, you know, and he, but he's still putting up numbers. He's still, you know, he's still making, he's still making shots. He's still putting up the numbers that he would. Like, obviously it's just impressive to see somebody as good as him make the sacrifice of, you know, getting those assists instead of draining, you know, 50, 40, 50 points. Yeah. And I think, I think he has truly shown that he's a team player and I think he can sneak his way into that MVP conversation if he keeps it up. But I, I do think we have a few people that are just a little bit more qualified than him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my, my honorable mention uh, is Damian Lillard. The guy is, like I said before, I think he's one of the most underrated superstars in the NBA. I mean, he's never in that conversation for, you know, a top 10 player, even a top three or top two point guard in the league because everyone over overlooks him. I, I don't think they should. The guy's averaging 34 and eight this year. I mean, he's playing at an insane level. They need him to play at that level because they haven't had CJ McCollum or even Yurkic for a while. So he's really their only and uh, go-to scorer. I mean, the guy has been asked to do so much to the team and he's delivered beyond our own expectations. So, you know, the guy is definitely, I don't think he's going to win MVP this year, but he deserves to be in that conversation for sure. Yeah, so uh, I, I know we want to kind of get into this MVP conversation. So, um, Chris, is there anybody who, – who do you have in your top three? Give me your number three right now. I mean, you got to go – if you asked me this question two, three weeks ago, I, I would say LeBron is probably one, maybe even two. But right now I think he's just fallen back to three in my own rankings. I think uh, since the Anthony Davis injury – Lakers have been spiraling out of control, and not in the, not in a good way. Uh, they've lost seven out of ten games, and you know it's it's put a lot more pressure on LeBron. And LeBron's delivered; there's no doubt about that. The guy's playing at an insanely high level, and he's been in the league for what feels like fifty years now. But you know he he's been asked to do a lot for this Lakers team, and he's done a lot for this Lakers team. But they're just not pulling out wins. It just shows you how important Anthony Davis is for the uh, for the Lakers team. So LeBron is my number three right now. But if the Lakers continue to continue to get back into form, start playing at that high level that we know they can. I think LeBron could definitely pull out with sword this year. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I nothing against LeBron, but yeah, it has been you know a spiral to watch the 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 Lakers. Obviously, they're usually the night game, so I'll just get an alert in the morning that'll say the Lakers lost. Well, and I'm just like, oh, wow, they lost <laughs> yeah. again. Crazy. Right. Yeah. So. And we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I, I yeah. think we were talking about this before. I think the MVP race really comes down to two guys, and that's yep. Jokic and Embiid. Exactly. So who do you Who do you have? So to be honest with you, I I have. Uh, always been a huge fan of Jokic. I always felt like he just, you know, the, the offense of the Nuggets runs through him, right? He is just such a dominant player when he is on the court. So for me, I think he's at least, he's fighting for number one, or he may be number one. Now, granted, I understand the season that Embiid is having, and you can't take anything away from him dominating on both the, you know, uh, on the defensive end and on the offensive end. He has been insane. But I, I don't know about when it comes to me, I, I really feel like Jokic, it, the offense just runs through him so much that I feel like, you know, his 27, 11 and nine stat line is just, it, it's too much to pass up for me. So I, I'm going with Jokic. Yeah, those are all great points. I'm a huge Jokic fan too. But I, I think I'm going to have to go with Embiid and the guy's playing at the best of his career right now. And he's, he's playing out of his mind to put it, to put it for, uh, for 100%. He's, he's averaging 30, 12. And three, it's insane. He's in his defense, you know, you don't see defense in the stats there, but his defense is the best in the league. So he's playing at such a high level on both levels of the floor. I think it's his award to lose right now. But uh, I think Jokic is is a close second, and you can definitely make the argument like you just did. But I know we wanted to jump into All Star Weekend, which we have coming up on Sunday. It kind of feels like a jam packed weekend. We usually are used to having events on Friday, Saturday. And Sunday, but this this year we've reduced it down to one day, on, which is on Sunday. Instead, I think we have Jack Harlow and Quavo playing basketball on Saturday. So, if you if you want to tune into that, uh, <laughs> go ahead, enjoy go ahead. yourselves. But instead, on Sunday we have um, all three events. I think starting around like six thirty, we'll have the skills contest, so the uh, skills challenge and three point contest, and then I think we'll have the game around eight o'clock, and then during halftime of the game we'll have the uh, hog. I don't even know what you want to call this dunk contest. It might be the worst dunk contest of all time. We'll get into it in a few minutes. But, um, yeah, what are, what are your takes? First, we'll start with the All-Star game. Do you, who do you like and uh, who do you like on that? Well to, well, to be honest, you know, I, I gotta I gotta watch my guy Vooch. You know, he's my he's one of my favorite players out there. Hopefully, he gets some good time with Team KD. But I still think I gotta go Team LeBron. I mean, come on, man, Giannis, Steph, LeBron, Jokic, Luca. You just hear that starting five, and you're like, dude, this is. It like I don't care how good Team AD is. This is unfair. It's, I think it's the best starting five of all time. Yeah, it's probably it's probably up there. Like if you're talking about like maybe like the all decade team, I feel like like three or four of those guys would be on that list. Um, but. So for me, I, I do feel like Team KD may have a slightly better bench, but I'm still going Team LeBron. Yeah, I I think I agree with you on that one. I, I love watching the All Star games, and it's always. In my opinion, it's always what you don't expect to happen will happen. So I'm going to go against my uh, <laughs> against my own thoughts here. I'm going to go with Team Katie just because it's my guy, it's my team, and all my nets are on that team. So um, I don't know. I, I can't go against him. I, I think it's going to be a great game. Like, like we were just saying, I think LeBron starting five is probably the best starting five of all time. Yeah, but I think James Harden is going to James Harden's going to put on a passing clinic to all of his guys. And I do wish KD was out there, but – um, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Team Durant. I think it's gonna be a close one. Yeah. Uh, just going into the uh, the skills challenge, um, it's always fun to watch those, with the, especially the big men going against the guards. I know your guy Vooch is in it. Are you rolling with Vooch or you got someone else? 
It's All-Star Weekend, man. I, I don't think I could care less who wins, but I'm going all in on Fuchs. <laughs> I want my boy to win. You know, I love him. I feel like he's one of the most underappreciated players in the league. And, you know, seeing all this trade talk kind of makes me sad on the inside, but at the same time makes me a little bit happy, hoping, you know, hoping you go to a team that actually can win. Obviously, the Magic, for me, you know, a lot of injuries all year. Started with faults and didn't end anytime soon. But, you know, I just hope he go, if he's going to, you know, be traded, I really hope he goes to a winning team because he, uh, you know, I always felt like he was up there with some of the best centers in the league. Um, you know, he just didn't get the same respect because, you know, the, the just didn't really he, – he's just not brought up as much because the team is that right. iffy. But, yeah, I'm going to roll with my guy Vooch. Now, obviously, this is going to be a, a fun thing to watch. Who do you got? I think I got to go with Luka. Luka, to me, is one of the all-around – best players in the NBA, passing-wise, shooting-wise, and just a crafty – I mean, he's 21 years old, but I call him a crafty, savvy veteran already. He's been he's been around for two years, and he's, you know, uh, he's been an amazing player three years. So, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to go against him. He's, he's one of the best in the game. I think he's going to take it for sure. Yeah, and then, honestly, I don't even want to talk about the dunk contest. I couldn't care less who wins <laughs> that. They robbed Aaron Gordon, I think, at least twice – at least once, but I think twice. That's my guy. Don't even want to talk about it. But – uh, three-point contest. I'm going Curry. Who you got? Steph. Come on. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's, close. It's, it's an easy one. It's easy. Yeah. So, so let's let's take this time now, and I want to transition to um, a little NHL talk, right? So, obviously, this has been some season for the NHL. COVID season. Uh, I think it's uh, 56 games, something along the lines of that. Um, uh, I just think this has been uh, an interesting start with the new divisions. Obviously, we are almost at the halfway point. Um, with uh you know the covid season. So Chris, I want to I want to start us off with a little bit of division recap, right? So for the 56 games, um when we talk about what's going on in the west, right? What 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 has been going on there? Yeah, I mean, it's like we talked about a few weeks ago. I, I think it's a Golden Knights race to lose. I mean, yep. they they have the veteran leadership there as we talked about with Flurry, you can't bet against him and he he owns Never. NHL's second Never. best uh goals uh, goals allowed average at 1.71. I mean, it's a pretty ridiculous uh, rate right That's now. And he's playing well. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I think, you know, I think they're going to win that division, but you have the Blues there and you have the Avalanche as well. They're both playing really well right now. But uh, at the end of the day, those three teams, I think, are locks to make the playoffs at this point. And even uh, your guy, Kirill Kaprizov, he's playing well too. Um, he's playing – uh, really well right now and he's helping the wilds contend i mean i think they can make the playoffs it's going to be uh, a nice fight for that fourth spot but i think those are the really main headlights uh headlines coming out of the west so far yeah i mean listen i'm i'm a shot on my boy colby right now he was the one who told me all about Kareel and how well he was going to play in the nhl and he said let's listen i'm telling you he's winning the calder and i'm like all right like i, I believe <laughs> you so i stuck to watching him and listen he has helped carry that wild team into playoff contention I couldn't yeah. believe how good this kid was. He dropped, what, three points and scored the game-winning goal in his first night in the NHL? He is just absurd. So all the credit to Kaprizov. I think he is going to be a star as the years come on, and I, I really hope for the wild sake, uh, obviously, for all of Minnesota. I hope they finally get that winning culture there um, when it comes <laughs> to hockey. But now I'm going to transition to uh, my one, one of the next divisions for us. It's the, you know, the North. Right. So obviously right now in playoff contention, we have the Maple Leafs, the Jets, the Oilers and the Canadians. Now, this is kind of right now seen as the worst division, just considering the fact that, I mean, like 
the Senators are that bad of a team, right? We we know <laughs> they are like obviously seeing my boy Matt Murray go there and just get shelled every night hurts a lot. But you know, I just hope for his sake that they could finally put something together and help him win at least a little bit because this team is like they're bad. Bad. And then obviously the Canucks have not been playing well. The Flames have been a borderline 500 team. The Canadians dropped off pretty heavy, but then I think they snapped their losing streak and then they lost again. Um, the Oilers, right? Like you're led by Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. How could you be a bad team? But there, there's that's the problem, right? You look at who they've beaten. They've smoked the Senators. They've smoked the Canucks. I think they've beaten the Flames quite a decent amount. They got shut out. I think it was in back-to-back games against the Maple Leafs, or or they they lost back-to-back games. And I think they're on like, uh, what's my call? I want to say they're on a three-game losing streak right now. And overall, the Oilers like they just can't beat good teams. They're gonna whip the Senators by eight. Like that's you know I, I remember. I think I don't remember what team was it against that McDavid had what five points, and it was like in in the second period they were smoking them. But then they play the Maple Leafs and and they get embarrassed, right? Like. I don't know. It's just been a tough division. No, it definitely has. And it's going to be interesting to see how things unfold for the rest of the season, for sure. But just jumping into, in my opinion, the second worst division <laughs> behind what you were just talking about, it, I think it's a central division. Um, you'll get to your favorite division after this. But I think the, our division. We, our division. Yeah, right. When we look at the central division, I think everything is kind of expected you look at the standings you take a look at this year's standings at you know we don't have a great sample size but what we have so far 20 25 games you take a look at last year's standings I think everyone is kind of in the same place that we expect them the lightning obviously on top the hurricanes are, are following a pretty solid season from last year and they're in second place right now and even the panthers too the panthers weren't on top last year but they were they were right there in, in the standings as well so they're doing well um, even the blackhawks they contended last year and then when you look towards the bottom of the division, you have the Red Wings and Stars and even the Predators. So I'm kind of shocked by, you know, I've always been a big fan of Predators. Yeah, I was a big fan of Predators when they were on top a few years ago. And now they're towards the bottom of this division. So um, even the Red Wings and Stars, we don't really have to get into, like we were saying, Detroit sports. And I think to you, you were saying before, the Stars are uh, stars. kind of a shock to you. Stars, stars were a little bit of a shock. This is a team coming off the fact that they were in the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Right, you know, right. and obviously Joe Pavelski was starting off as hot as you can come, and he, you know, was fighting off, like he he was playing like the captain of that San Jose team at first, and then he slowly died off, and it's not that he died off, the team died off, and I th- I think they were they lost an insane amount of games, and it just it just died. The the stars couldn't score anymore. Right. I, it's I don't know. And you know, like we I was looking at. Uh, some stats before we got on air today. And as of yesterday, things could have changed last night, obviously. Yep. But, you know, there were three teams in the NHL on a four-game losing streaks. Um, and it was the Sabres, uh, the Stars, and the Devils. And at that time, um, before these losing streaks, the Stars were 5-2-1. and one. They lost nine of ten games. The Devils were 6-3-2, and two, lost seven of eight games. And the Sabres were 4-4-2 and two, and lost nine of 11 games. And as we can expect, you know, the Devils and the Sabres – not suck. two two of the best teams. Yeah, suck. Suck, suck to put it Plain nicely. Simple. Plain suck. and simple. Um, but these three teams were the three teams who were hit hard by COVID this season, and it's tough. We as we've seen in every sport, every team is getting hit. Your your Penguins, I'm sure you're going to lose to Crosby on on that list right now. Just one game, just one game he missed. Yeah, yeah. thank God. But then yeah. he comes back and they lose. Makes sense. Right? <laughs> and you know it's tough for every sport. I mean, you have baseball and 
and football guys are getting hit with COVID and you have to miss a game. It's yep, tough. And 100%. stuff. But, you know, for the NHL, it's, it seems like it's a physically grueling sport. I mean, these guys are skating for, it's, you know, they're, they're skating, I don't even know, some 20, 25 minutes for some people, for the best guys. And it's tough. So I, I think a lot of these teams are trying to get their, their wings back, if you want to say. Yeah. Um, you know, going from, back and it, it takes a while. Going from not skating for a while to going right back on the ice and having to play a fully grown team, like a fully grown team of men, it's not easy, right? Obviously, it's it's going to take some time to get used to it, right? You know, they have all these time. Usually, they have preseason to get themselves ready. And, you know, obviously the NHL preseason, you're going to have big guys playing for a little bit, but, you know, without preseason, it kind of hurt them and, you know, COVID kind of hits. And and yeah, obviously I didn't think the Sabres or the Devils were going to be any sort of good team. And obviously when they went off of COVID, I, I I think even if they didn't have COVID, they still would have sucked, but you know, the stars were a little bit of a surprise, but uh, now before we, before I transition to our East, I want to talk a little bit. I just want to say congratulations to Brent Seabrook on his career. I mean, three times Stanley cup champion, right? He, I remember he, in the quote in the end he said basically his body finally just gave up on him he's been telling his body to like I think it was like screw off for all these years and finally (laughs) finally they basically look his body looked at him and said no you screw off now we're done (laughs) so obviously congrats to Brent Seabrook he is a three-time Stanley Cup on the he's a three-time Stanley Cup champion uh I believe he's got over 400 points in his career I think he's over 450 to be honest um a great defenseman uh, career-wise. And you know what? Yeah, just congratulations to him. But now let's transition to my personal favorite division to talk about <laughs> the East because I could talk about this division for hours. This, in my opinion, is the best, if not one of the best divisions that we have. Now, the East has been a battle between the top two teams for a while. It was the Caps and the Bruins. Now, obviously, the Islanders have slowly pulled their way into that conversation, and the Flyers, after a little stretch of COVID, have pulled their way into the conversation. But you still, but that's not it, right? Now, my team and your team, the Penguins and the Rangers, they are fighting for a playoff spot, right? These teams, there is a six-way battle right now of trying to fit, fit into that spot. And this is not bad teams, right? The Rangers have that sparking offense. They have the two, they have the number one pick from this year, the number two pick from last year, you know, hoping that they play well. Uh, Igor Shosurkin has been playing pretty well. The team itself, obviously with the loss of Panarin and Zibanejad having a tough, uh, tough stretch, like they're still putting up numbers, right? Kreider, I think scored a hat trick last night. The Penguins for me, obviously blowing three, nothing leads. That's like, that's something we just know. That's something we are, we, we, we are a lead at right (laughs) overall with obviously with Sidney Crosby at the helm you know you're never going to be out of it so hopefully hopefully they can pull it together and and pull into a playoff spot obviously 16 of their last 31 games are against the Devils and the Sabres but that's the last part I want to talk about the Devils and the Sabres two of the worst teams in the league they are not fitting into this division. I'll tell you no. that much. Because this division is a dogfight amongst those six teams, right? Capitals dealt with COVID. You know what they did? They laughed at that. And they still played elite. They didn't care who was out. Ovechkin was out. Um, I think uh, their, uh, Samsonov was out, who was their starting goalie at one point. And, and you know what? Like Losing those guys to COVID, I mean, it's a hard thing to do. But they were still winning games. I think Kuznetsov was out too. Backstrom's got the second most points in, in the division right now. So give a lot of credit to the, the Caps for just looking at the fact that they lost some of their best players and just still dominating like they always do. So a lot of credit to them. Once again, shout out to Colby for your Capitals. But <laughs> um, now I just want to take one last uh, transition to uh, our last point, which is for me, 
the Hart Trophy candidates, right? So I'll make this quick um, because we are running out of time. But, I mean, to start off, right, we got our number one, the number one player for the, the Hart Trophy. It's Connor McDavid. And, yes, Easy. being held off the score sheet in three straight games. Wow, so crazy. Don't worry. He'll put up, like, six points tomorrow, and he'll be right back in the conversation. Actually, tonight. Um, but obviously Leon Dreisaitl, his, you know, his teammate is right in that conversation with him. It's crazy. The two top trophy, the two top candidates for the trophy are on the same team and they're not even in first place in that division. That just tells you that just tell it's crazy. Um, but then I want to talk about a couple of dark horse candidates, obviously Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane have kind of slowly become into that conversation. Austin Matthews currently looking like the, he's going to be the rocket Richard, um, the rocket trophy winner this year. Uh, he's got 18 goals, I believe, uh, 13 assists. Uh, he's putting up, he's put up a fight for that heart trophy though. And Patrick Kane looking like he, you know, the Patrick Kane from those Stanley cup runs uh, all of a sudden again. So good for Patty. I love to see him play well, love to see the Blackhawks finally trying to fight for that spot. But then I want to say there's still one really dark horse candidate for the Hart trophy and it's Mitch Marner, right? As we spoke about this Maple Leafs team has become incredible out there. And I mean, there was, there there was one moment where I realized how good Mitch Marner has been playing. It was that highlight reel goal. He scored where I don't even, I can't even like give you a description, but I just remember I went like top shelf on the right side. And I was just like, wow, this guy is pretty damn good. And obviously, you know, they got Joe Thornton there. He's a hell of a, hell of a leader. Great leader. You know, it, it, on that line with them. I mean, honestly, Jumbo has helped really spark this team as good as they possibly can be out there. So overall, I think we got a couple of Leafs and a couple of Oilers in the conversation. <laughs> and then you got and then you got Patrick Kane, obviously. So um, anyways, guys, thank you guys for tuning in to the JC and the Truth pad, podcast. <laughs> Tune in next week and we will see you all soon.